Hello, and welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. Hey, do you ever think about what you are eating and drinking before your exercise, before your training? Hopefully so, but have you thought about quantities and timing and type of food and fluid? If not, hang tight because we are doing a deeper dive into this aspect of nutrient timing. So if you haven't caught episode 12, you may want to go back to that one in which we did an overview of nutrient timing and then come back to this one, episode 14, because Bob and I are doing that deeper dive into the before window, things to really be thinking about and tinkering with to really maximize what you're looking to get out of your training and your practices. So no matter what kind of athlete you are, what sport you do, what age, ability, it does not matter. We need to be thinking about all of these aspects in that window of time before we begin our training practice and exercise sessions. So enjoy this episode 14. Hello, welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. My name is Bob Sibahar here with my awesome co-host, Dina Griffin. Dina, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, Bob, but thanks to coffee. That's what I, <laughs> I did load up a little extra for today. Did so you preload? I preloaded some fluid that has quite a bit of caffeine. So watch <laughs> out, you. Well, what a good segue into this episode, because we're talking about pre-training, you know, the nutrient timing window before training, what are we doing with our body? Yeah. What are we putting in it? So obviously, you know, we're recording this in the morning and you've started your day off. Well, did you carb load Bob for our discussion today? I will tell you, I did have a nice bowl of oatmeal. However, uh, as you know, I doctor up my oatmeal quite a bit to make the ratio of carbohydrate mm -hmm. to protein and, and a little bit of fat very, very good for my blood sugar control. Yep. Uh, knowing that I'm not training until later in the day today, I didn't have to throw in too many carbohydrates just yet, okay. but I did, I did stabilize. So it was more of like a two to one breakfast for me today, two, to two parts carb to one part protein. And I bet before we get in the meat and potatoes or tofu and veggies conversation <laughs> today, but listeners want to know what does Bob put in his oats or what'd you do today to oh, add so that up? Yeah, that's a good, you know, and, and we'll, we'll talk about this on a future episode of why I'm back into the whole oatmeal in the morning, uh, because it does have to do with some health markers, biomarkers and, and whatnot. But this morning it was uh, rolled oats. I put uh, protein powder. I put vanilla whey protein isolate powder. I put peanut butter powder in there. Mm. I put chia seeds, hemp seeds, cinnamon. Let me make sure I have everything correct so far. Yep. Uh, then I put unsweetened almond milk as my fluid base with just a touch of water. And then I topped it off with a banana. Okay, I'm drooling. Yeah, it's pretty good. Sounds young. <laughs> Whoa, this is going to be a good discussion. It will be. And I, of course I did, um, you know, as, as you know, I, I alter, I go back and forth between coffee and yerba mate and green tea in the morning. So today was a coffee morning. So I'm not as jazzed as you, but, you know, certainly have a little bit of caffeine flowing in my veins. Right. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Good. It ties to what we're talking about today. Let us know, Bob, what's, what are we uh, looking at for our discussion? Yeah, so today is all about nutrient timing, but only before training or exercise. So we are really going to 
kind of pigeonhole the what do you do in the minutes or hours before you exercise or before you train. So that's the whole point of this podcast. We will have other podcasts talking about during training nutrition and then after training or post training nutrition. But today it's all about what do we what are we putting? You know, and I I like to refer to these things as feedings, right? Not necessarily a breakfast or a snack. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just the terminology I use are feedings because sometimes we don't need very large quantities. And that's why I don't use like breakfast, lunch, dinner sometimes, right? Because feedings, I think is very important, especially with nutrient timing, because Dina, as you know, this pre-training window, it could be pretty early in the morning, right? So sometimes the gut can't handle a lot of foodstuffs or a lot of calories. Exactly. Yeah. Thinking of the window of time before we're about to begin our training session or our practice. And so that, you know, for some people, we're, we're not even thinking of it. We just want to think about, you know, what, getting this thing done and over with and yeah. worry about food later. But knowing that what we're fueling with beforehand can certainly affect the quality or the outcome, what we're trying to achieve with that training or practice. And then what's happening after with recovery, um, appetite, and so on. And then thinking long-term, what is it we're trying to achieve as an athlete? Exactly. And, and I don't think an episode would go by without me saying back in the days, Dina. So I'm just oh. going to say that again, back in the days, you know, when I was a, a younger athlete, right. I just, I just remember, and I say this too, because again, as, as we all know, I work with a lot of collegiate athletes who are still in that younger category, age category. And, and I fell victim to this too. And I'm sure you did early in your athletic career also where you know, you'd wake up and maybe you go run, you go to a practice, you go to something, you just don't think about things. You know, maybe you take a sip of water because your mouth is dry. You roll out of bed, you put on your gear and you just go, right? Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about, well, what am I trying to do in this session? How long is this session? Is it aerobic? Is it anaerobic? Is it even what I call as a coach? Is it a quality session? So are you actually trying to get a certain heart rate or power or skill set? So I think the outer do those days, I think in are the days where we really need to determine what are our goals for this training session, both physically, right? What do we want the physiological adaptations to be, but also from a nutrition standpoint, how much do we need to reload our glycogen, right? Are we trying to train our body to be metabolically efficient? Are we male? Are we female, right? So there's so many other things to think about that I think it's really important for our listeners to ascertain what are the purposes of this training session. Yes, listeners, so important to put context around everything. I know that's something that will permeate all, almost all of the podcasts that we do. And, but it's really important to think about these things that Bob just mentioned. And they're like you said, Bob, there's so much more to this story, but yeah. what we're trying to do here is convey the, at least the, you know, the highlighting of all these factors, because it will dictate uh, amount of food, type of food, timing, hmm. what that looks like for you. And it will be different throughout a season, possibly year to year throughout a menstrual cycle. I mean, there on and on. So these are things to not take for granted. Absolutely. And, and think about multi-sport athletes too, right? So talk about those triathletes who are doing three different sports. Think about even myself, like in the past 10 years, I have morphed between different sports, right? So you go from 
like, like an, like an obstacle course racing to triathlon, to ultra running, to cycling, to weightlifting. Like there are a lot of different factors that come with introducing different sports. So as our listeners do progress through their age, uh, you know, maybe they introduce or delete different sporting, uh, uh, categories essentially that they're trying to focus on. I think that's really important. Um, I, I think if you don't mind, let's, can we start off by really letting our listeners know the complexities of what is going on in the body, the time you wake up in the morning, right? So your, your alarm goes off, or maybe you wake up without alarm and you're, you stretch, you yawn, maybe do whatever. And you get up and like, we are in a very delicate nutritional state, aren't we? Yeah, for sure. Depending. Yeah. And it can be, again, this is that moving target, you know, if sleep was poor or, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what happened yesterday, Mm -hmm. you know, that can affect not only from training perspective yesterday, nutritional intake, hydration status, and so on. Uh, Yeah. And so aside from me heading directly to the coffee pot, what is going on, Bob? (laughs) It's, it's a good point. You know, it's so funny because (laughs) I think we all have our routines, right? So you do, my wife is the same way. It's like, wake up, beeline the coffee pot. Boom. I have like my little, you know, my little, uh, I guess, routine in the morning. Everyone has their own routine, right? Especially yeah. as, as I think you develop your habits, but, but the, the sensitive things we need to talk about is, you know, when we wake up in the morning, we are malnourished, right? Mm-hmm. So we had, again, depending on how many hours of sleep that, that you had, and obviously if it was quality restless or not, you had that amount of time where you were actually your brain, your heart, your lungs, all your physiological systems had to still keep alive. So those are using a lot of carbohydrates at the same time just to keep alive. So we wake up very malnourished, low carbohydrate stores. So low glycogen, we wake up dehydrated. That's why we feel so thirsty in the morning, because when we breathe, we're actually losing uh, water, you know, out of the, out of the air, out of our, our respiration. So there's a couple of kind of red flags already that, you know, we're behind the curve when we wake up in the morning and it will take sometimes hours to help replenish those, those issues. Right. So I guess that goes back to, uh, you know, what time of the day are you working out? Are you, are you training? Because, you know, ideally and Dina, we were talking offline. I've, I've been on this, this boat for so many years where in, in a lot of sports, but the endurance specifically, a lot of times our races are in the morning, like first thing in the morning, it's the worst time of the day to have a race nutritionally because in, and you've heard the stories of, you know, the Ironman athletes, they start at seven. So they'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning and have a feeding and go back to bed, wake up at four o'clock, have another feeding. I mean, what does that do though? That just interrupts sleep and, right. and we kind of want to protect that. Right. It is a very delicate balance or trade-off, um, something to consider because it will, yeah, the, you know, thinking of, what can I tolerate food-wise? What do I need food-wise? How much time do I even have? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to maybe another point that we were talking about offline was, yeah, is it necessary for me to do this particular training session at, you know, the crack of dawn? Can I move this session and get more out of it, be better Mm -hmm. fueled, better hydrated? How necessary is this particular schedule that I think I need, Mm -hmm. um, and the trade-offs around that. Yeah. And and we totally get, we're not telling you to, 
to exercise or train at a different time of the day than the first thing in the morning. If that, if that is the only time that works for your schedule, we totally, totally get that. We're just trying to open up that there are other important things to look at also, such as sleep, uh, such as hydration, such as nutrition, getting the calories in your body before a session. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of athletes are, are now doing even fasted training, right? Dean, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's a popular thing and we will address this. This will be a, an entire podcast episode in the future. So we won't get down into the rabbit hole too much today, but I, I think, you know, a lot of athletes will, will, um, in the morning, they'll undergo fasted training just, just because, I mean, it's, it's, they're forced to, because they wake up, it may be 10 minutes, uh, from waking up, they're hitting the treadmill or they're going to practice or whatever it is. They literally have not planned enough time to have nutrients go in their body. Right. So I get that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really big on trying to, trying to protect sleep, but at the same point, like you're saying, Dean, like, what do we want out of the workout? Like if that workout is important and you want to protect sleep, maybe you do push that workout a little bit later in the morning, later in the day, or dare I say, maybe you almost try to, um, have a little bit of, of calories of, of food, of, of hydration, you know, earlier in the, in the morning. And I, I hate to say, wake up earlier. Right. But sometimes it does, it, it does, you have to do what it's going to take to have a successful workout. But remember again, sleep is such an important part of recovery. Yeah. And the beliefs around fasted training, which we'll address in another episode, you know, I'm getting, I'm going to lose more weight or lean mm, back if I get this yeah. session in earlier without calories around it. Or for those who do have, you know, maybe are more prone to GI distress, they just don't want to bother with food mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm, it's too early. I can't tolerate it, but yeah. that's the beauty of really working on this. Cause we can look at the timing and the type of calories and the amount and it oftentimes isn't a ton that we need to put in, but, uh, you know, just looking at what may best work for your system. Mm -hmm. Um, Bob, I wanted to go back one step. And when yeah. we were talking about pre, like the pre-training window, yeah, just a rhetorical question, but for you, not really for you to answer. So is this right. like 10 minutes before right. or four hours before? What is this pre-training window? So my, my rule of thumb is 15 minutes to three hours before. And it really depends, obviously it depends, right? Um, the 15 minutes, even 15 to 30 minutes is very, very tricky. Um, you can get into some serious dangerous or dangerous situations there because of GI distress, right? Mm -hmm. So if you put something in the, the rule of thumb in sport nutrition is the more time you have before a training session, the more you can actually eat, right? So if it's three hours out, you can eat more food and, and drink more fluid versus two hours versus one hour, that 15 minutes is really about like, in my mind, that 15 to 30 minutes, that's something liquid or very semi-solid, right? That's yeah. a, that's a smoothie. That's a, maybe a homemade sport drink, maybe a traditional sport drink. Not many athletes that I've found can actually handle solid food in that mm -hmm. 15 to 30, even, even sometimes less than an hour, right? I remember yeah. before I started ultra running, I had a very sensitive stomach and part of my goal was to train my body to handle food in my stomach, in my digestive system, any time of the day. So I could basically go out for a run anytime during the day, because in ultra running, as you know, you need to be ready to run during the night and during the early mornings and during the afternoon. So that, that was a couple of year process for me. So it can be done. It's definitely not comfortable because you actually have GI distress during that time. 
So I would rather have it push out a little bit farther out and be able to ha actually have some good nutrients come in your body versus waiting until that, you know, 11th hour saying, oh, I'm behind the eight ball. Let me just eat a bar or whatever it is. Right. And sometimes that's not going to do it. And sometimes it's going to kind of stir the pot when it comes to GI distress. Yeah. So that pre-training window thinking of, okay, when does my training start? How much time do I have mm -hmm. between now and then to figure out then dictating or at least guiding how much should I eat or what can I eat that's going to mm -hmm. work with my system and support the training session. Yep. Um, if we kind of segue a little bit in looking at the thinking of, well, what is it I'm about to do? And then that tie to how much mm -hmm. should I eat beforehand, Absolutely. which I know there's a lot of configurations here and a lot of matrix work we could do with this complex yeah. spreadsheet, but just uh, breaking down the timing of the workout and then tying that to our pre-workout fueling. Certainly. And, and pre-workout fueling is very important. Let's just, let's just say that, right? That said, depending on the length of the workout. So if it's less than 45 or 60 minutes, that pre-feeding becomes, it, while it's still important, it's not as important because it's such a short duration that you're going to be working out <clears throat> or training. Once you hit that one to three hour mark, that's when you're going to have some significant energy issues, right? Because that's when, especially if you're not pre-feeding well, um, and, and especially if you go into it just a, bit, a little bit lackluster. So I think there's that less than 45, 60 minutes, there's that one to three hours, and then there's that greater than three hours that we really need to worry about because we do need to kind of plan how long are we going to be out there? Meaning like if I'm out there a little bit longer and, and there's some different strategies and different ways you can, you can put the pieces of the puzzle together, but I want to be able to pre-feed as well as possible to make sure my energy stores are at least adequate before I head out. So I'm not getting into such a fuel or a hydration deficit during that workout. Yeah. And even thinking of the shorter, so the flip side, if it's shorter in that 45, 60 minute range that you mentioned is thinking of what's the intensity or the purpose of that session. Mm -hmm. So if it's just a spin out, yep. low heart rate, okay, we can get by with a little less, maybe lower, right? But if it's yep. specific targets, speed work or whatever mm -hmm. other very, you know, that quality session that you mentioned. Yeah. Also or even, even strength, just sorry to interrupt, yeah, but even yeah, strength. Yeah. And I think a lot of athletes disregard that. They say, oh, I'm just going to go to the, you know, the gym or the weight room for 45, 60 minutes. I'm like, well, if you're moving heavy things and pushing stuff that, that you're not used to, you actually need, absolutely need nutrients in your body, especially carbohydrate and protein and, and obviously water and fluid, but it's such a necessity to help that muscle protein synthesis happen, you know, during yeah. that weightlifting, that weightlifting uh, regimen in that, that time. Yes, exactly. So all that just to say, you know, oh. thinking of, let's see, what have we discussed here so far is how much time do we have before our training begins? When mm -hmm. is that training in terms of time of day? What are the other goals of the session that we're planning? Or if we have, to, you know, a couple sessions, what's, what's on the radar? And then thinking of the timing of that session, the goals uh, around that. Uh, and then kind of backfilling, like how much do I need and when can I eat this stuff yeah. or drink well, what, this stuff? And what about females, Dina, specifically in the menstrual mm -hmm. phase that they're in? 
Right. Yeah. Something to think about there, Bob, is, for example, those who are in, let's say, pre-menopausal years, still, so still having menstrual cycles, uh, you know, thinking of the phases of the menstrual cycle, uh, an example of where we dig in a little more is looking in that luteal phase, uh, high hormone phase, knowing that the body is slightly more catabolic. Uh, there's some issues there with how fuel use works, meaning, you know, uh, we, we may need, I guess the short story is we may need to put in a little more carbohydrate to support the intense sessions or the lifting sessions, um, just because we don't use glycogen quite as well. It's, you know, so we benefit from putting in a little bit more carb in this pre-feeding, pre-training window um, to support those kinds of sessions. Uh, but we also may need some extra protein to help with this catabolic nature of, of higher progesterone levels. So that's something to think about as well that we layer in mm-hmm. here when we're planning. Is there a major difference between that luteal high hormone phase and then the follicular, a little bit low hormone phase in terms of pre-nutrients? I think this is where if we were to quantify it, like, well, how much more carbohydrate would I need if I'm doing the exact same session Mm -hmm. in follicular phase versus luteal? Mm -hmm. It may not be quite all that much, but we have to look at that duration of the session as Mm -hmm. well. So it might be an extra 10 grams of carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. We might change the form of it to Mm -hmm. more quickly get in. But then of course it would tie to the during training that we'll talk about in in another episode. Yep. So Um, kind of back to this fasted training also, Dana, that we kind of hinted at. And I mean, for, for females in certain hormone phases and certainly pre versus perimenopausal and, and menopause and post, I mean, it may, you know, again, we're going to, we're kind of jumping in because we will devote a whole episode on this, but I, I personally have so many female athletes who have approached me and said, should I be fasting? You know, I am either, you know, obviously you have to determine if they're premenopausal peri or wh- where they're at in their, their developmental stage with that. But I, I think that's so popular these days, isn't it? That females now are, are very confused on if they should fast before a workout, but I feel like they don't have all the information. Yeah, well, and part of it's confusing when you're on social media or we get in the mode of comparing ourselves to our male counterparts. Like, well, Bob, you just did whatever with no calories. I should be Mm -hmm. able to do that too. It doesn't work that way. And we need to be really careful about the comparisons. I will just generally say it's better to fuel our sessions than not, Mm -hmm. especially if we're looking to improve fitness, improve strength. I mean, really anything athletically related, if we want that looking at the fueling around our sessions is Mm -hmm. key. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So let's, let's talk about the fab five. I call it, are we ready for that? So what are we, what are we talking about before training, before exercise, we're talking about fluid, talking about carbohydrates, protein, fat, and electrolytes correct? Those are, those are, those are the main ones we, we really like to talk about in that pre-training window. So should we kind of, and we're not going to give it specific quantities because although they do somewhat exist, 
there are so many different athletes and sports and timing and times, I mean, times of the day, even that it's, it's going to be very difficult to, to really nail that down, but maybe let's, let's talk in context of what do we think are needed or necessary nutrients before, and then maybe how do we roll those into maybe some, some real food ideas? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Because in our overview episode that we did not too long ago, we highlighted some of the things, but it was just, you know, such a general overview. And of course, here again, we, we can't give all, you know, 1 million combinations or scenarios, but yeah. I think delving in a little bit more with the specifics. Mm-hmm. Um, so fluid wise, Bob, what, what do you tend to recommend or think about there? Yeah, well, there are some very hard numbers from research, although it's very old research. Um, and I've never really used those as much because they're in milliliters per kilogram. Um, and, and that said, because it's just a little confusing for athletes, what I do is I just use like a normal bike water bottle as a measurement device, right? So those are usually about 20 to 24 ounces, just to kind of for the listeners to get an idea. Those are just normal bike bottles. Maybe it's a shaker bottle, which can hold a little bit more. I would say like a typical water bottle, maybe not those huge, huge water bottles that hold like a liter. But what yeah. I usually say is before a session, and again, it depends on how soon before you are waking up or you're trying to, to put fluid in your body. I usually say about a half to a full bottle. So that would be about 10 to 24 ounces of fluid, not immediately before, but I'm, that's usually about 30 to 90 minutes or two hours before, because again, if it is early in the morning, you're trying to rehydrate your body a little bit. Now, what we also know is, is with rehydration, water isn't the best tool by itself, right? So we oh, need does other my nutrients. Does my coffee count here? <laughs> well, that's a great question. What are you putting <laughs> in your coffee? Right. And that's, that's a good question for listeners. Like, do you just drink black coffee? Are you putting milk? Are you putting creamer? Are you putting some MCTs yeah. in there? Like what's going in the coffee? Cause oftentimes don't you hear this from athletes and you like, we're, we're doing a food, food logger or, or whatever. We're talking to them. We're like, okay, so you had coffee. And they just leave it at that, right? So listeners, listen up. If you talk to Dina and I, we're going to ask you what is in your coffee because that matters, right? And just to, you know, to go off on a, on a a little bit of a tangent, you know, if, if I've heard so many people say, oh no, I'm, I'm doing intermittent fasting, right? And you're like, okay, so what do you, what do you have in the morning? Oh, I have coffee. Well, what do you put in your coffee? Oh, I put cream and I put milk and I put this and I put that. I'm like, oh, okay. So you're not (laughs) doing intermittent fasting, right? It's just, so anyway, back to your coffee thing. So coffee is an interesting, interesting beverage, right? So we know the caffeine helps to stimulate the central nervous system, right? Decreases your rating of perceived exertion could really kind of amp you up, if you will. Mm-hmm. It does provide some fluid, absolutely. Yeah. But it also will act a little bit as a diuretic. So you're going to be peeing quite a bit. So you kind of have to time that. I know with myself, if I run in the morning and I do drink coffee that morning, who there's going to be a few stops during that run, right? And you just <laughs> right. kind of have to plan that. But I mean, from a fluid standpoint, I really love athletes to like when they first wake up, have a couple swigs of water, just plain water. It doesn't have to be a set, you know, 20 ounces with lemon and this and that, like just have a couple sips of water, you know, big, big swigs of water. Let's just start our our morning off correctly. Um, But, but then I do like strategically before the workout, I, I really do try to do that half a bottle to full bottle about 30 to 90 minutes beforehand. Yeah, I, that's pretty, you know, in line with what I would say as well. And mm-hmm. so I guess 
if we wanted to talk about, you know, type of fluid, uh, water would probably be at the top. But then, mm -hmm. of course, if we were going to do a pretty long session, long practice, if it's pretty hot right. out, then maybe we look to bring in the electrolytes. So I don't know if you want to talk about fab two, fab five, two, number two, number or two. save that. Yeah, the carbohydrates. Well, like electrolytes. In oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's super, super important. So if you do kind of look at if it, again, quantifying and qualifying, if it is an early morning workout and we know we're dehydrated, we're malnourished, electrolytes help the water rehy kind of re rehydrate our body, right? So having some electrolytes, specifically sodium, um, the, the sodium chloride, potassium, calcium, magnesium are all very important. Sodium is kind of the key player there when it comes to that. So yeah, if you know, if, if it's hot outside, humid outside, even if it's an indoor workout and it's going to be a little stuffy or it is a little bit more quality and you want to try to rush or really speed up that hydration process, I would highly recommend throwing some electrolyte powder in some water. Um, you can certainly, I've had some athletes make their own sport drink, right? So yeah. they, a little bit of water, they'll put just a, a couple of uh, spoonfuls of honey in it, even pinch of salt and call it good. Like you can do yeah. that with a lot of different things, but I, I do believe that if you do want to really accentuate the, the hydration strategies in the morning, I do think we probably are, are needing some electrolytes in that, in that early morning fluid feeding time. So a question that is often heard Bob is something like, is it okay to use a, you know, engineered hydration product? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm pre-training because, mm -hmm. whoa, it has some sugar in it. What do I, how, you know, the, what are the concerns around that? Or is it okay? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think we need to be scared of, of carbohydrates, right? I think, you know, I think that's the, the thing. I mean, mm -hmm. as, as we mentioned, you know, we are malnourished. We know we need carbohydrates and a little bit of protein and maybe a, a smidget of fat, you know, depending on our timing and our workout schedule. But, but I think, I don't think we should shy away from it. However, I think we can do a lot of different things from food uh, before yeah. we look at these engineered products. And unfortunately, I think nowadays we live in such a, a busy society where we want, it, it's the packaged, it's the ease of use. It's the, I want to throw it in my pocket. Sometimes, you know, we'll call it laziness. Sometimes we'll just call it lack of budgeting their time. Right. Yeah. Um, I personally am a huge fan of smoothies, right? I think yeah. smoothies are way, are the way to go. You put your choice of milk can be animal or plant-based. You put some fruit in there, put a pinch of salt. I mean, literally that is a phenomenal pre-training strategy in terms of getting fluid and electrolytes and carbohydrates. You can, you can add a smidget of, I mean, depending on the milk, it may have a little bit of protein in there, right? So there's so yeah. many great ways to build a smoothie. And I know you and I, you know, we came together years ago, we actually developed a smoothie recipe book because we're yep. so, we, we just are so, uh, I, I don't want to say dependent on smoothies, but it is literally the easiest way to get all of the necessary nutrients in the body. Big fans. Yeah. Big fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like you said, and the electrolyte piece, you know, adding a pinch of salt to a mm -hmm. smoothie. I oh. mean, that is something easy. Easy cheap. peasy. Yeah. 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 And I think it's just, we just forget about it. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like oil. Like I add oil to my smoothies all the time and, and I, and I get the weirdest looks like you do what yeah. you put extra virgin olive oil in your smoothie. Well, I said, yeah, if I want a, a healthy shot of fat in there, mm -hmm. you don't taste it. It's just like salt. Like it doesn't, as long as you don't put too much salt, right. Or too much oil, you never taste it, but it's in there to help your body rehydrate specifically. Yeah. We're talking about the salt. 
maybe Bob, just before we go on to carb, protein, fat, a word about the fluid expectation around like, Ooh, if I drink what Bob said, half bottle of water, let's say, Mm -hmm. uh, and I have that, you know, eight minutes before my training begins, Mm. am I hydrated now? Yeah. Great point. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, hydration doesn't happen that quickly, right? So it can take hours upon hours upon hours. And, you know, you said earlier in the podcast, some of it actually does depend on what you've done the day before, right? And and really how good you are. Are you at, how good you are at hydrating throughout the day, what your nightly routine is? Because I know actually a lot of athletes stop hydrating at, you know, towards the evening hours, so they don't have to get up in the middle of the night and use the bathroom, right? right? So, you think about the the degree and the level of dehydration when they wake up. I think that's a huge case to say that first time, first thing in the morning, when you start hydrating, you're probably not going to be fully hydrated. If there is such a thing, probably until around the midday. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's if you do things well. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think about urine color monitoring as oh, part a, a, yeah. alongside of like noting your actual thirst sensation, right. but yep. should we be using urine color first thing in the morning to help dictate quantity of, of fluid we should take? Yeah. Cause that's, that's a great thing that athletes often ask. And, and it, it, it's still in the media quite, quite often. Uh, you can't really use your urine color for the first void in the morning because it's so concentrated. You have so many solutes and, and so many things built up overnight that that first one is so dark, it's not going to really give you a good idea of where you're at. Now, can you use it after that first void? I I wouldn't bank all of your hydration or dehydration on that, but you can certainly use that as a tool along with your thirst receptors, your thirst um, thought, your your Mm -hmm. thirst mechanisms essentially. But yeah, you don't want to use the first one and say, whoa, it's really dark. I mean, everyone's is dark and first thing in the morning, unless of course you did wake up multiple times and hydrate yourself during the that's sleep. true. Yeah. And that might speak to just noticing like, okay, I'm going to look, actually pay attention yeah. to the color over yeah. the next week and get Absolutely. a trend and kind of connect the dots. Like, oh, Absolutely. okay. What did I do last night? Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't mean that you're free from, you know, neglecting your hydration in the morning. It's just a guide, but yeah. these are tools to be thinking yeah. about and incorporating. Yeah. And I don't think you need to look at the color of your urine and urine and prescribe yourself a certain amount of ounces of fluid, right? Yeah. I just, but not, not in that first void. I mean, not, we can't even do that quantitatively in the, the later voids in the day. Right. But certainly not in the first one. It's just, it's yeah. going to be a little bit off. Okay. Yeah. Do we want to move to our carbohydrate yeah. uh, protein fat? Like what are we looking at pre- yeah training for our uh, other macronutrients. And doesn't this just bounce around everywhere? Like it really, what I've determined is it really depends on the sport and the athletes uh, are the main considerations and obviously the time of the day. But I think back to the, the whole point of we live in this world of convenience and packaging these days. Unfortunately, I just see so many athletes just reaching for an energy bar or a, a drink or, you know, something that's prepackaged. And I'm not going to poo-poo those. Like, I think they do have their time and their purpose, but I, I do feel that there are better options to try to combine better ratios of carb, protein, and fat. 
right? Mm-hmm. So if, so if someone's saying, okay, I need a lot more carbohydrates this morning, cause I, I do need to fuel myself and I just need a little bit of protein, a little bit of fat versus maybe someone who is maybe doing a little bit more strength training maneuver. And they say, Oh, I do need a little bit more protein in this than I would normally do if I had a, like a run or something. Right. So uh, again, I think the hardest thing to manage that is to just depend on a packaged food that has, you know, set carbohydrate grams, set protein grams, because you can't dictate how much goes in that. Right. Right. And, and that's where I think like a real food, like if you talk about a smoothie, like we talked about, that's the easiest, right. Cause you can pretty much manipulate how much carb protein fat you want yogurt and berries or yogurt and banana with some peanut butter, nut butter. I mean, all these things are so easy. As long as you know what foods are carbohydrate, protein, and fat, I think it's much easier to navigate with real food. Yeah. And employing the strategies like the, the hand model that you Mm -hmm. teach with our metabolic efficiency principles or approaches or strategies, Absolutely. uh, looking at ratio of carbohydrate to protein, applying Mm -hmm. that then to food of choice or what is my palate wanting this morning and working with that, translating it to the smoothie. I'm going to perhaps add more fruit or more protein Mm -hmm. powder to level it out or Uh, yeah, the, even your breakfast that you mentioned this morning, like the oats mix, we can jazz that up more carbohydrate or more protein foods Mm -hmm. to suit what it is we're needing. And it's that all in one, uh, meal. Super easy to do. And I usually like talking about the hand model, you know, I I'm usually, and and I'm going to say 90% of the time, because there are about 10% of athletes who do have some special situations, right. But 90% of the time, again, training cycle dependent, let's just let's just throw in nutrition periodization really quick. Right. But normally we're talking about like a two to one ratio, two part carb to one part protein, maybe a three to one. It really, like, I've got some young swimmers who are putting in a lot of volume. Sometimes we act, we do need to kind of not load, but, but introduce a lot more carbohydrates to that for them, but it it does, it will depend on that athlete, the age, the, the sport uh, and the time of the day, but we do want to start, you know, re kind of kind of get in the tank, the gas tank up a little bit more, especially based on the quality or the time of the workout also. And Bob, this goes to the quantity uh-huh. issue here, because if we talk in ratios, like, okay, two to one carb to protein kind of uh-huh. pre-training feeding. However, that can be a ginormous meal or a oh. small light feeding, right? Yes, so it could yes. be the banana with a little bit of protein powder mixed in Mm -hmm. milk, or, you know what I mean? So it can be, um, we can adjust that food quantity or the various ingredients to align then with the gut tolerance of the individual or the timeline that we're looking at. Absolutely. And, you know, I know personally, if I'm going to do anything in the morning, it's never early. Number one, I, I, it's actually the worst time of the day for me personally to, to exercise or train. I've just known that over the past years, but if I do have to do something in the, in the morning, uh, I, I will have something right around that two to one ratio, depending on the time of the year and what my focus is. But I know that I need to be careful of how close I have that. So obviously, you know, practicing what we preach, if, if it's within 30 minutes, I need to be extremely particular because I will get pretty bad GI distress depending on the session, right? If it's a bike versus a run versus a strength training, which is mostly what I'm doing these days. So I I think it does depend, but if I've got a couple hours, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to open up a really nice meal now. Right. But I'm still going to follow that ratio because we need those certain nutrients 
in, in relatively, you know, certain amounts to fuel our body, fuel our muscles, fuel our brain. So you, we haven't talked much about fat in our yeah. pre-training window. Uh, do we need fat? We, you know, yes and no. I will say yes, because it's a nutrient that's extremely important. We know that, right? Uh, it depends on, I mean, here's that, it depends again. A lot of times, you know, fat keeps us satiated. Um, sometimes fat, because it's so high calorie uh, and, and other things, depending on the type of fat, it will actually sometimes just sit in that digestive system a little bit longer. Really for those who do have GI distress or have any symptoms of that, I usually don't recommend having too much fat in that pre-feeding uh, unless it's like a th like three hours beforehand where you can have it in a meal. Fantastic. But you know, you're not going to focus on, on having like a handful of nuts, you know, 30 minutes before you go out to run. Like that just might be overload for the stomach. Great foods and it's a great nutrient. Let's not be fat phobic, but we just need to be concerned with what is that going to do in, in the gut early versus, you know, earlier, um, in the, in the pre-training window, like two to three hours versus that 15 to 30 minutes as we get closer. Right. And thinking about, you know, does, how does this fat work to support what it is I'm looking from, yes from the training session? I think there's that still per permeating throughout is just putting, you know, the butter in the coffee to mm -hmm. enhance fat burning thought. Right. right. And right. that's the fuel is coffee and, and butter. Yeah. And, and let's just say there are a lot of better ways to improve your metabolic efficiency than that. For sure. And, and for we've, sure. we've discussed that quite a bit just through daily nutrition. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else are we, what else are we wanting to include here, Bob? Well, we discussed electrolytes. I think that was good. Um, you, maybe we touch on the, what I call the avenue of consumption. Mm -hmm. So is it a solid feeding? Is it a semi-solid, like a, like a yogurt, a nut butter smoothie, or actually smoothies more liquid, uh, or is it a liquid base, like a smoothie? Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important. And, and again, we've both met athletes and worked with athletes who can, we don't know how they do it, but they can stomach solid food 30, 45 minutes before a session. And it just, it baffles you. Like, how do you, how do you do that? Right. So yeah. we know there are some athletes with what we call iron guts out there. They can eat practically anything before a training session or practice. I think the majority of athletes though really should probably focus on more of the semi-solids to, to liquid sources because it will move through the system again, depending on, on the fat and the protein content, certainly it'll move through the system a little bit quicker. So I think it's really important to, to highlight that there are, you know, it's not just all about taking a gel or, or eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or whatever it is. Like we also need to find the avenue of consumption. Is it liquid, semi-solid or solid and fit the nutrients that we just talked about the carb, the protein, a little bit of fat and electrolytes in there in that specific avenue and avoid GI distress. Yes. I yes. know that that goes through everything that we're saying here, but, um, cause all these things are tied together. So if, if the solid food that you've eaten, uh, you know, and you put it, what you thought was a timeline that should work quote unquote, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> um, but you're feeling a little rumbly in the tummy or having some extra, stops, you know, in the woods or whatever, uh, yep. then we adjust the form or the avenue, you know, consumption or delivery of that food. Right. And maybe it's blending the thing. Yeah. And, and trying that out. I will say this just on the smoothie thing. Cause again, you and I are, are huge smoothie advocates. 
I will say this. I've seen some athletes, you know, the whole more is better concept, Tina. Mm-hmm. You've never heard that with athletes, have you? <laughs> no, uh, we, we hear that daily. And, and sometimes I've had athletes, you know, more is better. Oh, smooth. Bob wants me to do a smoothie. Okay. More is better. I'm just going to drink, you know, a whole blender bottle, you know, 28 ounces or a liter of it. That's usually that's not going to go too well if you do it too close to the training session. So if you introduce a lot of that type of liquid uh, and the nutrients in that liquid source, sometimes that will actually predispose. I've seen that quite often predispose GI distress also. So we do need to kind of keep in mind if you are going to do a liquid in a smoothie, which is a fantastic option, don't go overboard on the quantity of that fluid, right? So maybe we don't do, again, it it is based on timing, but I'll usually start with like around eight to 12 ounces of a smoothie, just to kind of feel things out to see how their, their digestive system reacts to that. Right. Yeah. So volume matters in this whole Volume matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, uh, listeners will, will, uh, want to know exactly well give me way more examples here for my bike session for my brick workout for my you know my swim practice and i think it would be cool that in a future episode we take some you know scenarios and case studies and then work through some formats to give examples because of all of the considerations to be you know mentioned here yeah. And I think we're, what we'd like to do is take the male and female. We're going to take team sports. We're going to take endurance. Uh, we're going to take strength and we're really going to, to nitpick, right. And, and yeah. give those case study examples. So listeners, you can, like, if, if you fall into one of those categories, you can say, oh, okay, now I'm seeing how this is coming to life, but hopefully, you know, hopefully this episode has really kind of opened up your, your thought process and said, oh, these are great things that I do need to do pre-training uh, before my, my training sessions or workouts. Uh, but, but again, as, as we've kind of determined, a lot of it does depend on what are, what we're trying to do, the time of the day, what training cycle you're in, you're in, and, and really, which we didn't mention a lot is, you know, your health goals also. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, one tip we can leave, uh, aside from the others we've just mentioned mm-hmm. is starting for you to log or make some notes about what you're eating, drinking beforehand, the timeline, how it works for you. And then you can see and develop that further for your own self as you go forward. Yeah. I like it. Great ending tip, Dina. Cool, Bob. Well, we will leave it here and gosh, great, great overview, or I guess it's an overview with details. If that's such a thing. So hopefully that helps everyone think about their fueling and hydration before their training. So thanks so much for joining us today and we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks for joining us for episode 14. We hope you got a lot out of that one and your head is not spinning too much anyway. Good to turn the light bulbs on and really get thinking more about that before window. And so to carry on from the before in next week's episode 15, we're going to move on to talking more details about considerations for during exercise or during your practices or training sessions. So keep on hanging in there with us. All this good stuff is really to help you optimize your training and performance and your athlete self. So thanks so much for tuning in with us. And and don't forget that if you've got a sports nutrition question you'd like for us to address on a future episode, 
give us an email over to hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. Include your name, your question, where you're from, and we're compiling those for our next Q&A episode. So the other thing here we are loving is hearing from all of you and getting reviews, ratings, subscribing on your podcast platform. So we'd love your support if you have not already subscribed and you feel compelled to share our podcast on social, any kind of social, uh, or just tell a friend. All of that good stuff really helps us grow and really reach more listeners around the world. So thanks again for supporting us, and we are delighted to have you on board. And don't forget, lastly, if you would like more information about nutrition coaching and physiology biomarker testing that Bob and I do, Bob's over at energyperformance.com, energperformance.com, and me, Dina, I'm over at nutritionmechanic.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only.